energize us. Amen. We can learn and hear some secrets that will transform our lives. We can be given some keys that pertains to life and godliness when we come to the house of the Lord. Amen. We can be shown some secrets when we come to the house of the Lord. You see, a key does not mirror the, the door or the treasure that it unlocks. Every key looks the same. Every key looks like something innocuous, something that it doesn't make, make sense. It's like something small. But when you get the right key and you apply it to the right door, every treasure that is hidden behind the door becomes yours. Hallelujah. When you get a secret that makes wealth and that secret is given to you, that, the wealth that is behind that secret or mystery becomes yours. Am I speaking to somebody? So it is very important when we come to the house of the Lord to get the keys and to get the mysteries and the secrets that belong to the Lord. There's a scripture, uh, uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says that the secret things belong to our God. Hallelujah. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God. But those things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Hallelujah. So there are some secrets that are hidden. Today I want us to look at some secrets. Someone say secrets. Or I say it like you mean it. Say secrets. There are some secrets that we must glean from something that looks very normal. I think Pastor Sam was in the spirit when he read Genesis chapter 8. He was very, very in the spirit. And he actually preached the message I want to preach today within two words. So he was in the spirit. I don't know how long he was praying for this morning. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. Oh, please, let me, let me stop there before I get in trouble. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and every clean bed and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imaginations of his heart is evil for his children for, for, from his youth. Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. Let's read verse 22 together. Ready? Go. Oh, no, 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 no. Read it like a church. Ready? Go. Hallelujah. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Amen. You see, it is a very normal thing to have seed time and harvest. To have winter and have summer. To have day and have night. But there's a secret in this innocuous thing that happens in life. There's a secret that we must learn from it. What is the secret? The secret is that in life, seed time and harvest will happen to everybody. In fact, as you are sitting here right now, you are in the harvest of some seeds you planted long ago. Whichever way. 
You see, he never said that good seeds and good harvest. He never said good winter and good summer. He never said good day and good night. He said seed time, harvest, winter, summer, cold, heat, day, night. Whether good or bad, whatever you plant, that is what you are going to reap. Hallelujah. Those of us who didn't like school very much or were playing the truant, we became class clowns. We are reaping some harvest. There were some who spent all their time running when people were supposed to be studying. And now they have gone past the stage of running and they haven't really harvested much because they didn't pay much attention on the things that they needed to pay attention in school. Am I talking to somebody? There are some people that are reaping the benefits of a healthy lifestyle. Because they had to forgo some things that were nice to eat. Am I talking to somebody? You see, every day as you wake up, you are a, a product. All of us here are a product of some harvest. In fact, there were over 3 billion sperms that went through fighting 3 billion seeds. And you are the baby that came out of that planting season. Am I talking to somebody? So all of us, we are in our harvest stage. At the same time, we are in our planting stage because our future, it depends on what we are planting today. Hallelujah. So if we plant good seeds today, we are going to reap good harvests. If we plant bad seeds today, we are going to reap bad harvests. Whatever we do, we are reaping as we go along. As we are sowing, we are reaping. Which means that the secret here is that all of us must try. If we, you don't like the things that you are reaping now, then you may have to change some things you are planting. Stop complaining that your parents didn't take you to school. Stop complaining that they didn't look after you. Stop complaining that you didn't get the opportunities that others got. Because maybe you were born with accommodation problems. There are some children that are born with accommodation problems. But do not complain about those things whilst you have the capacity and the capability of changing it for tomorrow. Don't live in the past. Live in the present for the future. Am I talking to somebody? Because life, what you're going to reap tomorrow, it depends on what you're sowing today. A lot of us, we like to blame everybody but ourselves. We blame the system, we blame the government, we blame our fathers, we blame our mothers, we blame our, our uncles who didn't look after us, people who had opportunity and didn't give us. We blame everybody. No, stop blaming everybody. Nobody owes you anything. This, self, this sense of entitlement must leave. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. I mean, last week, just a week gone, there was a, a big news. I don't know whether any of you have heard it. A big news about a gospel artist who is, whose son is fighting with him and he, he, he recorded the father's anger, the fit of rage, and broadcast it to the whole world to show how a so-called gospel singer is cursing. 
But you see, when I, 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 I took my time to understand what the whole thing was about, and I realized that this, this son has a sense of entitlement. He thinks that because his father is a famous singer and a famous uh, a, a rich man, he has to, the father has to give him money. The father hasn't got to give you anything. The father took him to school. He wouldn't go. They took him to university, paid his tuition. He wouldn't go. They, they, did, they found, founded a business for him. He wouldn't do it because he feels that they have to lift him up and put him in a position. Nobody has to lift you anywhere. You are reaping the seeds you are sowing. And if you don't like it, don't blame anybody. Blame yourself and change the seeds that you are sowing for a better tomorrow. Am I talking to somebody? Stop looking and pointing fingers at everybody else but you. Hallelujah. The room has gone quiet and I've even started. <laughs> Some of us, hey, my father didn't love me. My mother didn't love me. That is why I am what I, how I am. You know, I didn't get, you know, the, 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 my father didn't look after me. No, 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 no. Your father doesn't owe you anything. Your father doesn't owe you anything. Your mother doesn't owe you anything. If anything at all, they gave you their best. Do you know that no child comes with a manual? You didn't hear what I said. Yeah, nobody is born a father. We are all making it up as we go along. So you're a young man walking around in life and then for some reason or somehow you, you fall in love with a, a, a woman and then a baby comes and now you are not just a single person. You are now a father that has to look after each other. Sometimes you don't know what you are doing. You make mistakes. Are you with me? But the fact that your father made a mistake in his care for you doesn't mean that you must live in a mistake for the rest of your life. Hallelujah. The fact that you have made some mistakes in your life doesn't mean that that should sum your life. That should be a summation, the summary of your life. No. You can change the things. You can change the story. You can change your history. You can change the thing that is written about you. I, I didn't get anybody to put their hands together, but you missed a good place to put your hands together that you can change your life. Hallelujah. Ask yourself, if my story is going to be written, what would I want it to be put in? What do I want inserted in and insert in it today? I guarantee you that if you insert that today, by the time your life is over, that thing that you wanted would be inserted in your story. Oh, you didn't hear me? Yeah. So we need to be careful how we, we sow. Amen. We need to be careful how we sow. Galatians chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. 8 to 9. You know, most of the, the Bible was written to farmers or people that lived in an agrarian community. So they understood the principle of sowing and reaping. We don't live in that type of community anymore. We don't live in an agrarian community. We live in a, a modern community, industrialized age, 
where sometimes we, we, we cannot relate with the Bible the way they related with it. You know, Jesus always gave uh, parables and he preached sermons that, were relate, that people could relate. Are you with me? The people that could relate with it, Paul would teach sermons or write letters that people could relate with. Are you with me? But sometimes when it comes to our, our modern day, we can't relate with it very much. For he who sows in his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Hallelujah. You know, it is so easy for a farmer to understand this. That what you put in the ground, it is what the same thing you are going to see over time. Are, are you with me? Whatever you put in the ground, it is what you are going to see. So if you put bad seeds in the ground, it, no matter how, the, what, how much you water, how much you till around the land, how much manure and fertilizer you put there, if the seed to begin with is not good, then you are sure that the harvest you are going to get will be a bad harvest. It's as simple as that. Are you with me? So they understood it. They could relate with it. So he said that if you sow into your flesh, you are going to reap of the flesh corruption. If the flesh is corrupt, then when you sow into it, obviously what is going to come out is corruption. If the spirit is fertile and is good and you sow into the spirit, then of the spirit you shall reap a harvest of good things. Hallelujah. Are you getting the equation? So it is very simple for, for Paul to write and we, we understand it. But when it comes to our life, it's like so in the flesh. What are you talking about? Because in our life today, in our time today, what, whatever feels good, do it. Are you with me? Whatever feels good to do, just get on with it. Life is about making yourself happy. After all, all the things that are created and manufactured by the industrialized age is for what? Your comfort and your happiness. So whatever makes you comfortable, if a mobile phone makes you comfortable, get it and use it. It has been manufactured for your comfort. Hello? If you don't have the means to get a mobile phone and you have to sleep with a sugar daddy or a sugar mommy, for them to buy you a mobile phone, then logic makes, logic and reasoning is like that, do that thing for your comfort. Uh, you, you don't understand my message. The way you have gone quiet, I'm wondering when I'm preaching to you. Hallelujah. Because the industrialized age is like that, everything's for our comfort. So when you say, if you sow in the flesh, you shall reap, you know, of the flesh, evil, it's like we, we begin to ask ourselves, what are you talking about? Hallelujah. Because everything is about our comfort. But you see, everything is not about your comfort. Everything is not about the here and now. Life is about today and tomorrow. Hallelujah. So if you live a life anyhow today, it may be comfortable now, it may be nice now, but tomorrow you reap the consequences thereof and you may not like the consequences. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
So Paul explains to the church in Corinth, in Galatia, that listen, sowing is the harvest starts with sowing. Your tomorrow starts from today. Whatever you want tomorrow, it starts from today. And you must endeavor to make the right moves, the right seeds, plant them today, and you will reap a good harvest tomorrow. Amen. And you see, one other thing that I want you to do, our lives will reflect what we plant in our hearts. We can sow in one or two ways. The decision is ours. When you sow to please God, when you sow to please God, you reap a harvest of blessings from God. Hallelujah. Which is different or which is opposite of what the modern society, modern industrialized society teaches us. You are not supposed to sow to please anybody but yourself. Hallelujah. It's about sowing to please you, what you want to do for you today, not about tomorrow. Amen. But in the olden days, they understood that sometimes you sow something that you want a harvest of for someone or some, a group of people. For instance, if you, if you are sowing a maize plant to feed a group of people, or wheat to feed a group of people, you are sowing with that intention in mind that when the harvest comes, all these people can enjoy the fruit of my labor. So you are sowing for somebody. Are you with me? And and, and so they could understand. But in our day and age, it is about ourselves. To hell with everybody else. Hallelujah. We sowed it to ourselves. So we don't realize that there's a consequence when we are sowing. We are sowing to either God or we are sowing to Satan. We don't know that we are sowing to the flesh or we are sowing to the spirit because it's not part of our natural nature. Amen. Look at verse 7. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. It says something. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. That brings another line of argument into the whole equation. Whatever you sow, you are going to reap. Don't be deceived. Are you with me? So, whatever you put in the ground, you are getting that same thing up. Don't think that you can sow deception and reap grace and mercy. See, that is where we, the modern day Christian, get into trouble. Because our whole Christianity is about pleasing people. Are you with me? So, we deceive everybody. I am sister spiritual Rebecca. So Sister Spiritual Rebecca is walking around in this place. Everybody thinks that she's very spiritual. She's so spirituality to all of us. But this same person is sexy Becky at the nightclub. Are you with me? But God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, whether he's seen or not seen, that shall he reap. So you can be spiritual Rebecca or sexy Becky 
whether people see it or they don't see it, you are going to reap whatever you have sown. Because you cannot fake God. You cannot trick God. You can fake all of us. In fact, all of us are not even impressed when you try to impress us anyway. We're only impressed temporarily and we're not impressed anymore. Are, are, you, are you with me? So it's not about trying to impress us. It's about you making sure that you sow the right seeds to get the right harvest, not for people. So do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. Yeah. Hallelujah. You are going to reap it. Whether it's seen or not seen, you are reaping exactly what you have sown. Hallelujah. I'm sure you are wondering where I'm going with all this. You know, the, 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 the parable that Jesus told, told about the man that went about planting. says, some fell among the wayside. The birds came and took it away. Some fell on rocky ground. It tried to grow, but it couldn't grow. Some fell among tongues, and it grew, but the tongues choked the seeds that it could not bring forth the right harvest. And then another fell on good soil, and it brought about great harvest. But you see, the, the assumption that Jesus makes is that the seed was a good seed to start with. So even though we had problems with the types of grounds that the seed fell on, if the seed had fallen on the right ground, it would have brought the right harvest. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm trying to in, introduce another equation that the seed may also be a bad seed. Whether the ground is good or, or not, if the seed is a bad seed, it will not yield what you are looking for. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what, that so far? Okay, so now let's go to look at some of the seeds that you and I keep sowing without realizing that it may bring forth a result that we don't necessarily want. Hallelujah. The first seed I want us to look at is the seed, if I don't finish this week, I will continue next week. The first seed I want us to look at is the seed of words. Words. Somebody say words. Words are something that everyone keeps uttering. But sometimes the mystery behind it is that we haven't taken time to realize that words are seeds. Words have the power or the capability and the capacity to yield a harvest. That is great. See, we, we, are, we are establish the fact that the harvest is always greater than the seed that you sow. You sow three little drops of corn and you reap thousands of cups, hundreds of, of uh, corn, corn out of it. Why? Because it's just three, but the cups are a lot. And the cups are full of grains of corn. Are you, are you getting it? So you see, seeds are just something that looks innocuous, but those things have the, oh, please, Proverbs 18. 
Chief Asha, there are some people I want you to remove them from the front. Either you put them in the middle or you put them at the back. Okay, so that I'll be able to preach. Okay, or you can put them in the, in the children's church and you put the video there so they can watch. I haven't mentioned any names, so. Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. Verse 20 says that a man's stomach, somebody say a man's stomach, shall be satisfied from the fruits of his mouth. Let's say it again. A man's stomach, oh, say it with me, ready, go. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruits of I thought that your stomach is only going to be satisfied with food. I thought that eh, 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 words don't matter. After all, you can say sorry. After you said it. How many have said something? You knew what you were going to say was not a good thing, but you said it with the intention that after, as soon as you finish saying it, you say sorry. Give me a wave. <laughs> I, I, at least it's come off my chest. But, but I know that after that, I have to say sorry. So here, sorry. No. A man's stomach shall be satisfied with words. In Genesis chapter 1, we are told that God made us in his image. How many remember? Let us make man in our own image. And let him have dominion over the birds of the air, over the creeping things, and over the things in the, in the sea. And he made the world out of the words he spoke. Are you with me? So what we are living in, what we are enjoying today, whatever we have today, were a result or a harvest of words. Let there be. And there was. Let the light, the, the greater light, be separated from the lesser light. Let the firmament be divided between each other. Let the, the earth, and let the, the, the plant, let the sea, let the sea not come past this part of the land. All those were words. And today we are satisfied with the life that the words have yielded. Hallelujah. It says that for from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. From the produce of his lips, he shall be what? Filled. Death, verse 21, and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it shall eat its fruits. Amen. Some of us are very unguarded. Our mouth is like a loose gate. Anything that you feel like saying, you say it. There is no um, control. How many know that? How many know what I'm talking about? You know somebody who knows somebody, not you, but you know somebody who knows somebody. Anything, it comes out. It just comes. It just comes. And sometimes like we are all thinking it, but they will say it. I know somebody like that. Yeah. That always gets us in trouble. They will say it and then all of us will be in trouble. At least now they are getting better than before. 
Hallelujah. But you see, words that are coming out, they are not just mere air that you are blowing. No, they are seeds that you will reap the consequences thereof. So be very careful. If you don't want to sow it, if you don't want to reap it, don't sow it. Because the produce of your lips is what you shall be fed with. Hallelujah. Your stomach is going to be satisfied by the things you say, not the things you pray. Let me say it again. Your stomach will be satisfied with the things you say, not the things you pray for. Let me say it again. I don't think you understood what I said. I am saying that your stomach, if you like, don't use stomach, your life will be full of the things you say, not the things you pray. If you are looking for a scripture of this verse, come with me to Mark chapter 11, verse 23. In there, you will see that there was no prayer. They were just saints. For I surely I say to you, what whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt it in his heart, but believes that what things he says will be done, he will have whatever he prays. He will have whatever he's fasted for. He will have whatever he's prophesied. What did he say? It is whatever he says. I've seen a lot of us Christians, we like to pray. We pray very well. But our prayer is negated by the things we say. The things we allow to come out of our mouth is what negates our prayer. You have just prayed for a job. Fasted a whole week. Lord, give me a job. And then you pick your phone. And say, hmm. As for, you know, this pandemic it has killed all our jobs. So I don't think I'll get a job for the next five years. That small statement that was made under 30 seconds has negated a whole week of fasting and prayer for a job. According to the scripture we just read, because you see, in this scripture, it says that if you say to this problem or this mountain, a mountain stands for a problem. If you say to this problem, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt it in your heart, you shall have whatever you say, isn't it? So that's the positive side. The negative side of it is also true. You, if you say that mountain, come. And because you are unconscious, you have said it, you believe it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's what is in your heart that comes out. So it's like mountain come and does not doubt what is going to happen. You'll be surrounded by mountains. It is as simple as that. Hallelujah. You see, Israel was supposed to take a, a, a couple of days journey to the promised land. It was that short. At least seven days from Egypt to the promised land, you will be there, no problem. Are you getting it? But somehow, 
They kept saying, why have you brought us to the wilderness to kill us? Were there no garlics and leeks in, in Egypt that you have brought us here to eat manna? We, we, we that would have died in Egypt. We would have wanted to be uh, slaves. At least we get better food to eat. Look at us. We don't have water. We don't have uh, food. We don't have shelter. We don't have this. We don't have that. We don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Complaining all the time. And that complaint made them have a lot of mountains around them. So, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6, Moses comes and says that you have circled this mountain for far too long. You have circled the mountain for far too long. Why? Because your words have ensnared you. Your words have created mountains around you. And you are trapped in the, in the, in the sea of mountains that you have created by your words. Forget about Israel. You and I, how many mountains have we created? So scripture says, let the weak say, let the poor say, isn't the fact that you are poor and you are broke. That is the fact. But the scripture is saying that because your words are seeds that will yield tomorrow's harvest, be careful what you let out of your mouth. So let the weak say, I am strong. You may be feeling weak now, but if you say I'm strong, your harvest is going to be strength instead of weakness. Hallelujah. So be careful what you allow out of your mouth. Some of us, it's not us who say it, but the people around us. We allow some people who say negative things around us all the time, and it looks like it's nothing. I had this maths teacher who always, Ish, you are here. You can do this work. That's how he speaks. Ish, you are here. You can do this work. You failed. You failed. You failed. You failed. You failed. You failed. You can do this work. You feel. Oh, then he starts to cry for me that I feel. And you see, instead of <laughs> instead of me negating his his speech and his utterance, I'll be laughing at the way he talks. You feel. You feel. You feel. Hallelujah. Because of that man, mathematics was never my friend. Until I met another teacher who made mathematics fun. And he says that the secret about mathematics is that you don't have to spend hours and hours and hours to sit down to study. Mathematics is for lazy people. That's what he said to me. And immediately I said, I'm lazy. Hey, <laughs> if it's for lazy, I know I'm lazy, so <laughs> I've come. Yeah. He says, you don't need to sit down for hours to learn and learn and learn and learn. And learn. No, no. You only need to understand principles. And I can teach you the principles because the principles are not a lot. Just understand the principles and then practice the principle anytime you meet a situation. 
Because the principles don't change. The situations may change, but the principles are easy. If you can understand them, you can apply them. I said, well, I, I, you show me the simple. If, it's, if the principle is simple and you can show me, I'll understand. So he showed me one principle in, in uh, I, I, I forget, uh, I forget the topic in, in math, but he showed me a principle. Then he asked me to teach him back the principle he taught me. So I taught him back the principle as I understood it from him. Then he was okay. So when you get this, this situation, how would you apply the principles? Okay, from my understanding, when I get this problem, I apply it this way and this way and that. He said, ah, that's it. He said, try another situation. I try, ah, I said, ah, is that is, is that easy? He said, that's mathematics. I went from one of the worst students in the class, from this man in the, in the same class. That guy taught me only for a few, I think, holiday class. Are you with me? To be somebody who I, I, I learned, I started doing uh, econo economics, and my best subject was econometrics, which is mathematics and economics, because it was very easy. I could understand the principle because I'm lazy. I wouldn't read a lot of all these. <laughs> Once I get the diagram and I get the, the equation, I'm fine. Meanwhile, somebody said, Ish, Ish, why don't you fail, fail, fail? You, you fail. Listen, words are very, very important. A mother who is always saying, you will not amount to anything. You, you will suffer in life. You, there are words that you are creating the life of the child. And you wonder that the child ends up in a prison. You spoke words. And the words have harvested. And the harvest is greater than the words you spoke. Never speak words and say, I'm sorry. Because the, the sorry doesn't collect the seeds from the ground. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Nobody, you see, if you go sowing, you sowed like a bag of maize on this whole um, room. And then you go, oh, I'm sorry, I sowed the wrong maize. So you go around trying to collect. <laughs> Listen, you may collect a few. But guess what? There will be a harvest. Because you can't collect everything. So better not allow it to come through your mouth. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Your stomach will be satisfied with the things you say, whether positive or negative. You shall be filled with the positive or negative words that come out of your mouth. Whether once you say it, it will come. Hey, this is you are looking very pretty. Oh, this ugly thing. No. No. Yeah. Have you looked at this side? It's even better from this side. Yeah. Let them say you are proud. Guess what? In five years' time, that same thing will become beautiful because you kept saying it. Hallelujah. You kept saying it. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says that, so then, faith comes by what? Let's go to that scripture. Let's look at that scripture. So then faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by what? The word. The word that is spoken. The word of God that is spoken. It is what brings faith. And it, it's what makes you see what you are seeing. Amen. We've been talking on the weekday service. We've been talking about faith in action. See, 
the faith in action is born out of the words that are spoken that you believe in, that you act on. Hallelujah. This man spoke positive words to cancel the negative words that somebody has spoken over my life in terms of mathematics. He spoke words and I believed it and I acted on it. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? I didn't know that I was acting on the negative words that the man had spoken. Because he said, I will fail. I am here and I can't do this. What it means that by this time, I should be able to do this. This is not the level to try and understand this. Are you with me? Then somebody else says that mathematics is not difficult. It's just principles. When you understand the principle, any situation you are, you are faced with, you apply the principles. And then that's it. You don't need to study. It's for lazy people. And I knew I was lazy. So anything that was for lazy people, I am the first in the queue. Are you getting it? And then it, it became from my worst subject to my best subject. Because it's for lazy people. Hallelujah. In your unguarded moment, watch the words that you allow to come out of your mouth. Because they will not, they are not only said seeds for today, but they are seeds for tomorrow. First Peter 3:10. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking what? Deceit. Anybody that wants to see a good life. Peter is saying that let the man hold his lip from speaking evil. I don't like my life. My life is rubbish. I am miserable. As for me, nothing good comes my way. Anytime that things happen to work a little bit, then something comes to spoil it. How many have heard words like that? How many have said words like that? Without realizing that we are sowing seeds that will destroy us. I said that seeds don't look like the harvest that it produces. The seed is small. But the harvest in comparison is great. Are you with me? The sperm is small. It's water. But the human being that, it come, that comes out of the sperm is much bigger and more solid than the sperm. Are you, are you getting? In the same way, the words you are speaking may look like water. It may look like nothing. But the, the harvest that it brings. Hallelujah. So I want to challenge all of us. Be careful the words you allow around you. God created the whole world through the power of his word. Let there be and there was. You can create a whole world through the words that you speak. My life will be much better than anyone in my family. I will be the richest person that my family has ever seen. Oh, you're not saying it after me. I'll be the most celebrated and the most popular person in my whole generation, in my whole world. Hallelujah. Keep saying it. 
Keep saying it and watch. Hallelujah. Keep saying it and watch. Because you are sowing the seeds. Because sometimes the more you say, the more you believe it. Even when you start saying it, you may not believe it now. But as you keep saying it, as you keep saying and saying and saying, it becomes part of you and you begin to believe it. And it becomes exactly what it is. Hallelujah. In Proverbs 6 verse 2, it says that you are snared by the words that comes out of your mouth. You are put in prison by your own words. You are taken by the words of your mouth. You see, the word taken is like when you put a, a, a rod, a fishing rod into the water and the rod holds the fish and pulls the fish out of the water, it is what? It has been taken from the river. It has been taken from the water. It has been taken from the sea. You are taken by the words of your mouth. You are hooked and dragged out of the sea of prosperity into the land of despair and hopelessness by the words you allow to come out of your mouth. How many are seeing that the seed of words are very important? From today, I pray that you change the seeds that you allow to come out of your mouth. Hallelujah. For the sake of time, let me give you one more, one last one quickly for five minutes and then we'll be out of here. The next one is the seed of forgiveness. The seed of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a seed that is sown for yourself. Forgiveness is a blessing that you give to yourself. Forgiveness is a gift that you give to yourself and not to anybody else. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 9, Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray. He says, in this manner therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Amen. This is the only time in all this passage that Jesus was teaching his disciples the only conditional clause that was put in any of the requests was this one. Forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. In other words, do not forgive us if we don't forgive others. What has us forgiving others got to do with God forgiving us? Because you and I will agree that we always sin against God every day. How many will agree with Am I the only one? We sin against God every day. And so we need God's forgiveness every day. And how can God forgive us every day of every sin if we will not forgive our friend that one sin? That one offense. 
we will not forgive. But we expect God to forgive us every day of every trespass. Hallelujah. Forgiveness is something that is most difficult seed. It's the most difficult seed to sow, isn't it? As it looks as if it benefits the people who have offended us. It's like you are letting the person off. You don't understand, Pastor. He's always doing this. He's always doing this. And every time I'm forgiving him. And he's doing it. This time I will not forgive him. You're not doing it for him. I say the forgiveness is not for his benefit. The forgiveness is a seed that you are sowing for yourself. Because you are going to reap a harvest, not for him, but for you. Amen. Let's look at this, this story Jesus told in uh, Matthew 18. Verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, since the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle his accounts with his servants. And uh, when he began to settle the accounts, one of his servants brought to him, one was brought who owed him 10,000 talents. And when he could not pay, his master commanded that he be sold and his wife and children and all that he had, that the payment be made. Then the servant fell on his down before him and said, Master, have patience. I will pay thee all. I'll pay you all. Then the servant, therefore, that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him hundred. He owed thousands, tens of thousands and had been forgiven. Somebody owed him hundred. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe. This is how we are. This is how all of us are like. So the fellow servant fell down on his feet and, and begged him saying, have patience with me. I will pay thee all. Ah, no. He would not. He, but he went and threw him in prison till he paid his debt. Then when the fellow servant saw that which had been done, they were very grieved and went and told their master all that had been done. Then the master, after he called him, said to him, you are a wicked servant. I forgave you the debt and you, because you begged me. Should you not have done, had compassion on your fellow servants just as I had on you? And his servant was, his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers. This time he didn't go to prison. He went to the torturers. Until he will pay all that was due him. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespass from his heart. Sometimes we say we are forgiven, but in our heart we haven't. Hallelujah. This passage really scares me about bearing grudges against anybody. Because me, my sins are a lot. I don't know about you. Maybe you are holier than me, but me, my sins are a lot. So I need God's forgiveness. So I will not hold this hundred denarii worth of uh, offense as against my millions sins that I need God to forgive me. 
it's not worth the equation doesn't balance. Are, are you getting it? The equation doesn't balance. I'll forgive you. Go. It's okay. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because just as you have offended me, I keep offending God all the time. So I need God to forgive me. Amen. Are you holding some people in a prison of unforgiveness? Remember, you are going to be their, their inmate. You are going to be there with them. You are going to be their inmate. This, this time, you are going to be transferred to the torturers. You are not just going to be in prison, but you go to where the torturers are. Hallelujah. So let us learn to sow the seeds of forgiveness every day. So, so one of the disciples asked, Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? He said, forgive them 70 times, 7 times daily. Calculate 70 times 7. 490 times a day. How many times do you see the person that the whole day, they will for, you have to forgive them 490 times per day? So from 12 all the way to midnight, you have to forgive them 490 times. Your husband, forgive him 490 times. Your wife, forgive her 490 times. Your children, forgive her 490 times. Then the next day, he resets to another 490 times. Hallelujah. Which means that you must live in perpetual forgiveness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's go. There's a scripture that I also like. Romans 12, 19. Says that beloved, do not be do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Leave God to do the vengeance. You forgive and leave God to pay. Because God is more wicked than you. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is more wicked than any of us can be. So allow God to pay back. You forgive them from your heart. Release everyone from the prison, emotional prison that you have created in your heart. Re release them. Hallelujah. And allow God, allow God to deal with them. Amen.